All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Dogtown Podcast. My name is Tito. I'm Rabbi. And um, today we're working remotely and yes. we're talking to each other through this like awesome platform called Clean Feed. And hopefully it sounds really good. Doesn't it sound like we're just in the studio together like old times? I know. I feel like I feel like you're right here. Yeah, it's it's bizarre in a way. It's <laughs> yeah. It's going to be interesting, too, because we can't see each other, and it's a lot yeah. different, the dynamics of talking uh-huh. about stuff, but we'll, we'll see how it goes. Um, so an idea, a topic that we wanted to talk about today was building a, fl- uh, building a workflow that's right for you. Mm-hmm. Um, do you want to kind of talk about why we want to talk about this, why we think it's interesting? Yeah, Totally. Yeah, it's um, it's something that kind of like every artist, I think, runs into time after time, like at different points in their artistic like journey or their career or whatever. And um, and I think that a lot of people right now, um, being that we're mostly like working from home and a lot of us are in you know isolation and have maybe more time to work on our art. It's uh, it's kind of the different lifestyle that is mandated. Uh, also mandates a different kind of workflow and so we with everything with all the pieces with all the lego pieces kind of thrown up into the air it's like okay now how do we rebuild our workflow for the current situation where a lot of us are working from home during the coronavirus pandemic and everything um and so i know that i've had to uh you know kind of like readjust my workflow and be like okay now that i have a kind of more time mm-hmm. um, in some ways than I would have had other, you know, before. How do I manage that? How do I keep myself sane while right. trying to manage that? Yeah. And um, and still, you know, keep doing the creative stuff that I want to do. And um, yeah. Yeah, I thought it was a really, it's something that I wanted to dive in with you on just because especially now it it really makes i feel like it makes a lot of people think about their work in general um because when i don't know i feel like and this just might be my own insecurity like a reflection of my own security but i'm wondering if a lot of artists feel this way you know i i feel like it's really easy to fall into that mentality trap that you're only succeeding when you're in that hustle mode, like, yeah, you know, you're grinding and you're out there, you're doing stuff. But what mm-hmm. happens when that goes away? Mm-hmm. I have this like insecurity of, oh, I'm not doing anything. I'm not productive. Yeah. Right. Maybe I'm like, maybe I've lost it. Mm-hmm. So I feel like finding a workflow that makes sense for your current, whatever mode you're in helps a lot yeah. with that. Yeah, totally. Totally. Have you felt this like since the shutdown, since the quarantine stuff? Have you have you had this feeling at all? This is kind of a feeling that I've had sometimes of like, okay, I don't have any excuses. <laughs> it's like I don't have anything keeping me from recording an album, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like there's like there's there's literally nothing to do. Yeah. And so I you kind of like realize like I'll you know, the the last 10 years of my life, I'm like, oh, I just wish I had so much time to, to make music. I would I would make so much music if I had all that, you know, the time, but I have to work. I have to go to work. Oh, it's like right. terrible. And then it's like, oh, I have I have all these commitments. I have to go 
do this social thing. I have to do this and this, and I never have time to do my art. And now it's like you literally like it, have it definitely all, you have time to do it. You know, it kind of <laughs> exposes your own bullshit a little bit because yeah. I know for for myself, it, it it's like. Oh, so maybe now that you do have a little bit more time, you could do it. But why am I not? Yeah, totally. Uh, and then so, you kind of like feel this thing of like, oh, well, I'm just a really d- bad artist. Oh yeah, I'm that. washed up, and that's yeah. never gonna. That's never gonna change. Yeah, but I don't know. It's, I don't. Yeah, I don't think that that necessarily means you're a bad artist. Because okay, there's two regarding that regarding that idea. I heard two different, really insightful ways of looking at that okay and one of them was um was my friend said that this is like completely secondhand but it's a great idea so it doesn't matter really who said it but he said that he like heard in a podcast or something that like okay well this is it like if you if you've had something on your kind of like bucket list of like oh i really want to write a screenplay or oh i really want to record an album or um write a you know write a book or or do something like that and it's like I've always wanted to do that, but just whenever I get the time, I'll do it. And I just, I've never had the time. Um, and my friend was like, yeah, well, this is your, you know, if that's, if that, if you have a bucket list thing like that and it doesn't happen now, like you can just basically write it off. Like it's never going to happen. And you can, you might as well just like say, admit to yourself that you're never going to do it. Mm. Um, and I was like, whoa, that's deep. <laughs> like that, that like hits you in your chest. Cause it's like, okay, well, you know, quit talking about this and, if you're not ever going to do it. And um, so it's, it, is it like it, just one or the other? Like it's either you're going to do it or you're not. Yeah. And I think that, I think in some ways that's a good point. I think in some ways that's kind of true where it's like, if you're not, if you keep saying, I don't have time to write the novel, I don't have time to do this mm-hmm. and you don't do it now, then it's like, it's not going to, you're probably not going to do it. And it's maybe good to just say like, okay, I'm probably not going to do that. Yeah. <laughs> or just do it one or the other. It, it, okay. Yeah. And so that's, so that's one, so that's one, I, that's one way to look at this quarantine time. Yep. Another way to look at it is a little bit more lenient, I think. And um, I think you could also say like, okay, if I've if I've had this thing that I've really wanted to do, I've I've, but I've not been able to pull myself to like write that play, or I haven't been able to pull myself to write that album during quarantine. Um, I think you could also be a little lenient with yourself and say like, hey, this is like the first time that we're ever going through a global pandemic and it's kind of stressful and it's kind of heavy. And it's like, maybe you're not at, maybe you're, maybe it makes sense that you're not like super stoked to just spend your time, like hold up in your room, writing a novel. Yeah. And it's, that's completely understandable. You know, yeah. you shouldn't, maybe you shouldn't feel like this huge failure um, because you haven't written that novel. Maybe you could just say like, have some, have some mercy on yourself, have some generosity on yourself and say like, you know what? This is um, like our, this is my first time doing a, a global pandemic, and it's kind of scary. And I'm, you know, maybe I'll still be able to write that uh, that novel or whatever. And it's maybe I'm not just making another excuse, you know? Right. So, yeah, uh, there's two different ways, and I, I think that they're, you I know, like, they can both be useful. Yeah, I really like both. In in that, in some ways, that first method, it it it's almost when I hear it. Right when I'm straightforward with myself, if I ever say that to myself, yeah. it's almost reverse psychology of like, oh, you're you're not gonna do it, are you? Yeah. And then it's almost like, oh, okay, no, I, no I, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna prove it mm-hmm. to myself that I can do it. Yeah, totally. <laughs> but it's also, totally. like you said, being a little kinder to yourself in that 
understanding what the situation is and and yeah. I think something that's really important for us to something that you and I are always trying to figure out you know in our conversations we're always trying to figure out what mode are we in right now mm-hmm. because I would I'm sure you can agree that I feel like 2019 Dogtown Sessions versus right now, they're just in different modes as far as the goals or the way we're going to, why we implement our workflow. Yeah. My read on it is that, you know, 2019, we were very much like, let's, let's just do it and learn it and figure it out. And it, it took more time than it probably should have needed that it needed to, Mm -hmm. um, after that, so that was our mode back then, which mm-hmm. is kind of grind it out, figure it out, learn, make mistakes. Yeah. I feel like now, um, especially talking to you, you're really putting a focus on figuring out a workflow that works like a balance and also longevity. Would you yeah, say totally. that's fair? Yeah, oh, totally. I think it was the kind of thing where like in 2019 when you're first starting it, it's like this thing where it's brand new. It's this passion project kind of thing where you're like, yes, I'd love to just like do this for hours. It's so fun to do it for hours, you know, mm-hmm. and and you do it and it's, it is fun. And it's great. And then like luckily for us, like things come together and it gets traction and it, like you get support. And um, and, you know, fast forward to like a year and a half later or whatever. And we're and it's like a business and I'm, you know, able to support myself most of the way from doing it and it's um it's still excellent and exciting but it's also like okay i like i don't want to just do it just to do it you know yeah (laughs) i want to i don't want to spend hours on it just to spend hours on it you know i i want to do it in an efficient way so that i can um you know work with a lot of different bands and so that uh so that I also have time to live my life, you know, and do make my own music and and pursue new Dogtown Studio projects and stuff. And so, it's um it's kind of a shift in in perspective where where yeah, like I think that you hit the nail on the head when you said that like twenty twenty is more about like refining a workflow, making it efficient, and and um just seeing how how efficient it can be, especially because we're doing twice as many sessions as we did in 2019 i mean like like before the um before the shutdown and everything we were doing two sessions a week compared to the one session a week in 2019 which is still kind of a lot it is yeah um and so it's yeah so so like doubling up on the on the input means that you really have to kind of like sand down the rough spots of that system and make Mm -hmm. it work and and find new systems to make it efficient and and it's cool that's a like i think that that is a fun part i think that the, like making the system is like kind of like making a, a work of art to be like oh this is so efficient like you just grab this piece of equipment here do that and then you can put it right back and it's ready to go for the next time like f- like finding out those little things are like works of art to me in my yeah in my mind. can you expand a little bit more on what you think is like the main differences between previous year to what you're trying to to make it into now like what what would you say is it just strictly volume of work or are there other things that you're like um i don't think i'm gonna do that this time around with a new like different models and all that because every all the sessions we decided that we were gonna jump straight in and it was all 
free sessions to to bands, right? Oh and, yeah, yeah. And the main goal was to network and then also to just gain the skills. Yeah, and just to do it and just to yeah, and like get the skills of just doing it for the sake of doing it in a way. Okay. And yeah, now that now it's yeah, in twenty twenty it's like we you know, like we mentioned in another podcast and like we mentioned on um on uh the website and stuff and on social media is like we in twenty twenty we, we shifted gears and kind of made it into a regular kind of business model where a band will pay and then get the um you know, do a session and then It'll just kind of be a more straightforward thing like that, and um, and yeah, and it's it's a it's a much it, it's it's a similar I guess it's a similar pr- thought process that goes into it because even in 2019 when we we're doing it a lot just for fun we're still trying to be efficient at it because if you're if you're not efficient at it you can't keep doing it even if you're doing it just for fun because it stops being fun you know right it just becomes um, laborious yeah yeah and so like if we had if we were in a different circumstance and we had to always like reset up from scratch for every session, that would have like put a real drag and put a real burden on it. Mm. And so that's why even starting in 2019, why we like, why we intentionally set it up so that we could come in and have as little, um, as little barriers to starting a new session as possible Mm. so that you could, I could, you and I could just hang out, um, you know, set up, set up the stuff and just like chat and just like have fun while we're setting it up and then have the band come in, do a thing and then have a really easy tear down and it'll be pretty much ready to go for the next time. Right. And like, and it was, I think it's because of that efficiency, because of that built in efficiency that we were able to do it consistently and, and the consistent, and the, the fact that we we're able to, to do it consistently is the key to it having any success at all. Right. You know? So I guess maybe a better way to ask that is when you transitioned to 2020, we had some efficiencies in place. What mm-hmm. were the things that you've kind of like decided, I want to wrap this up? Oh, what are the specific things about the workflow that have... Right, okay. for you, because I noticed that you were, you were a lot more intentional about time management mm-hmm. and making sure that it was... It was more straight, like, I don't know. It's like you were, you understood the, like, the worth of your time and yeah, how totally. to also separate it with personal stuff. Like, it, it's, it, it's becoming, Dogtown is becoming, like, your life thing and, and, and a business at the same time. So, it's like, how mm-hmm. do you manage all of that? Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. So, um, Cool. So for, to start kind of from the beginning, for people who don't know, I mean, probably not a lot of people know about that. Uh, the like behind the scenes of Dogtown Studio and how it works is, is um, Tito helps out with a lot of the sessions, and we'll um, and we'll do the setup, the kind of artistic visioning for it, and the the um, actual recording of it mm-hmm. the night uh, the night that we do the session, and then um, and then after that, I I do the uh, post-production in terms of the um, the editing, the sound mixing, um, the mixing all the audio and all that stuff, and then editing it all together and making the video and being in contact with the bands and stuff. And then um, and then Tito does the the posting of it. And so I think that that, that even of it in itself is a, was a huge productivity thing. Yeah. Um, and a huge workflow thing to, to delegate that out because 
in 2019, I was doing a lot of the posting mm, yeah. as well. Okay. And yeah. that, that's how it started, you know, is I would do the post-production and then the posting as well. That's a lot. And that, you know, and it didn't seem like a lot when you first started. It's like, okay, I've just edited this for 10 hours. True. Right? What's another, you know, how hard is it to just post it on Facebook and YouTube and Instagram? But that is actually a really deceptive question because things like the posting part was really deceptively time sucking. Yeah. And, um, and so a huge like, like power move was to decide, okay, Tito can do the posting of it. Um, and then that kind of like frees me up to, to be working more on the editing and not have to, because the, for me, like the posting part was, was the thing that like put it over the line into like tedium sometimes. Yeah. Especially because I just hate interacting sure. with social media. Right, and right. It's like, and also when you get on social media, it's so hard to do it focused and quickly. Yeah. Especially for me, it's like when I would open up Facebook to post it, it's like you see something and then you get distracted for 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. And then you open up Instagram to post it. You see something, you get distracted for five minutes. You open up yeah. YouTube, you see some. And that, you know, that right there just gives you like 20 minutes of distraction, just straight up distraction, not even productive. Just like that adds 20 minutes to your workload of pointless. Yeah. Things, and you know? if you have failed uploads, which happens a lot. Oh, yeah. Especially with IGTV. Oh, gosh. IGTV. It's worst. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's like it's like watching paint dry because you have to keep an eye on the upload. Mm-hmm. Um, not that it's like uh, like heavy work, but it's still time. Exactly. And then exactly when I'm thinking about you know I'm I'm really glad that I was able to help out in this way because I I just can't imagine like all of these sessions stacking up and you have to do the post production on every single one. They'll keep stacking up, keep stacking up. It's just nice to be able to hand off something going hey my part is done yeah your turn put it out there definitely yeah definitely and that's like what yeah that's totally what uh what that decision was all about and that was a huge huge like that was definitely a game changer to have that happen yeah and um yeah and it's just been a lot of those kind of things of like of um of learning what to change, what little things and little one. I think the biggest thing is, is learning how the biggest like productivity or like, um, efficiency secret is, is that it's, it's not about hustle and it's not about the hours that you put in and it's not about the sleepless nights Mm. and it's not even about the, on the other side of that, it's also not even about like, being the uh, most efficient, you know, the most efficient or <laughs> yeah. the most dedicated. It's yeah. It's about what it's about is focus, mm. and um, and that's I. You know, the more I do this, the more I see that the only thing that really matters is just focus, and um, and whatever you can do to prioritize that and to save that, that is what will make you more efficient, more effective, and more productive, and more successful in whatever it is you're pursuing it's just that like if you could take one word out of this entire pocket just focus that's it it's not about grinding hard and like doing that and it's not about it's not about limiting your grinding it's not about doing a, the right amount of self-care it's just yeah. about like focus you know um because yeah for me it's like for me what that has really like i've learned which is the importance of like airplane mode mm. when you're working and it's like like when we were talking about the um, 
that's part of the huge reason why Tito doing the post was such a big thing because it's like I cannot I have to really limit how much I'm on social media not just during or around work times but just in general because the more you're on that the more your brain gets into this frantic kind of like unfocused like kind of paradigm mm -hmm. and it's harder to focus when it comes time to and so it's the I, the book that everyone has to read about this is is deep work by cal newport mm. and it's like i've i've read i just recommend that to everyone and that's that was a huge game changer if you don't have time to read a whole book you have time to read a whole book because we're on quarantine <laughs> so just read it um okay but confession yeah you sent me the audio for uh, that of that yeah. yeah and for some reason i couldn't handle the the voice oh really so i should get like the physical copy it's yeah, it's so good. Just, just so, so I can it. read it, because like I like the concept and the topic. I, for some reason, I just mm -hmm. I just couldn't. But like the idea of go ahead, go ahead and explain a little bit yeah, about the book. It's it's just about like um, the idea that your that your attention is is the most valuable asset that you have, and it's like especially now at a time when our attention is absolutely under assault all the time um, at an unprecedented rate because it's not, you know, it's not just like TV. Like our parents' generation just had TV and billboards and magazines or whatever competing for their attention. But now we have like that times 100 in our pocket vibrating all the time and beeping and, you know, going off and begging for our attention at all hours of the day. And so Cal Newport's point is like your attention is your best asset mm. and your um and it's really under attack. And for for us to be like going through our lives super distracted all the time and and wanting to to make art or make um product or do things that require a lot of intentional execution, mm -hmm. um, for us to do to go about doing that and to pretend that we can be on our phones all the time and super distracted is very is um exactly like a, a professional athlete like a marathoner or whatever just chain smoking and thinking that it doesn't affect them um and i was like mm. yes that's it that's exactly it it's right. like a like a marathoner you know chain like smoking a pack a day and um and thinking oh i'm not doing it while i'm running mm -hmm. so it's not harming me and yeah. so it's yeah and it's the exact same for your attention yeah and i think I think it might be easy to misunderstand that as like focus as in like you need to be focused for 10 hours straight because uh, right, yeah. sometimes it's just like the focus on the work at hand because for example, so me, I'm very frantically like I'm very in and out when it comes to my focus, when it comes to creativity and mm -hmm. my process right now and I, I, I want to be able to, I want to talk to you about your process because I feel like you're starting to get okay. um, like a real workflow going with your okay. day. But like oh. for me, it's very much like one minute. Oh, okay. I have free time. I have, I use um, this app called Evernote and it's like a note taking yeah, totally. app. And yeah. a lot of times it's very much like five minutes here, take some notes because what I'm doing is I'm trying to think of ideas, think of notes, how would I present this, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Five minutes, I'd take notes, and then I'd put something down and be like making breakfast or something like that. Mm -hmm. And then I'd be at work. 
because I still work. And then if emails are slow and there's nothing going on, I'll go back on my phone if I think of something. So it's mm-hmm. just very in and out, sporadic, and doesn't get that focus. Yeah. It never feels very satisfying because it just feels disjointed, right? But yeah, right. when I do have those little flow state moments where I've just decided to like put some music on and like mm-hmm. stick on Evernote on my laptop or something and just type away. Yeah. Even if it was yeah. like an hour, but like I knew I wasn't distracted. It, yes. I don't know. I feel like it's way more like satisfying that like it is totally that feels like I'm working and actually being productive rather than going, I'm in, I'm out, I'm in, I'm out, I'm in, I'm out. It might get the same results, but sometimes it just doesn't, it doesn't track the same way, I guess. Yeah, I you kind I'm of know in your heart that it's not the same, yeah. right? Yeah. You know in your gut that it's not the same kind of thing, you know? Yeah. And So yeah, what are you... Oh, totally. What, what kind of things are you doing? Because I know, I know that you said you started tracking your times... Oh, okay. Yeah. This was another, this was another thing that I started doing earlier this year. That was a huge game changer was when I started, when I, I quit one of my, I was bartending, um, as a day job and I quit that day job, um, as Dogtown studio session started to pick up and as the video work started to pick up. Yep. And so, um, and so when I quit that, I started really diligently tracking my time that I was working on different sessions with, um, with this app called a tracker let me just make sure that's what it's called yeah it's called a tracker and um it's it's the best and it's like so you can what i do is i put in different um like the the session that i'm working on and you just click on it and it will start to clock like how long you're working on that Mm. and then when i switch sessions and i start you know i i finish mixing one band and i start editing the video for another one i'll switch it over and it'll track and so by the time i've finished um, with a session for a band, I can look back and say, okay, I spent exactly this many hours working on that band's session. And from there you can, um, that's really good because then you can see the, the biggest, um, benefit of that actually so far for me is that it kind of takes away your excuses and your like, um, your like ability to whine <laughs> mm. because like, also. Because when I was um, when I was working bartending, I was um, I would work you know like eight hour or ten hour night, and I um, and I was like exhausted. And I was like complaining about it or whatever, and um, and I was so when I quit that, I wanted to be like okay, my my thought my thought process in quitting that was like I could be making more money per hour from doing from doing dogtown sessions Hmm. than from bartending yeah and if it's a choice between those two even if i was making the same amount per hour bartending um and the same amount of hour per hour doing a dogtown session then it's like a no-brainer you're going to want to do the dogtown session because there's that's a like fun in the you know it's yeah. a lot, like a lot more, so, like life affirming, right. To do it, and there's a lot more career potential in that for me, um, to like move forward and to move into new opportunities through doing that. And so, um, and so when I got when I started when I quit bartending and started doing more of the dogtown sessions for money, I w- I was like, okay, I'm gonna track the hours and and just kind of see where my hourly rate matches up with the bartending, and as long as I'm 
making the same hourly rate as I was from bartending, then I'm not going to complain because I'd rather be doing this than bartending, you know? Yeah. Um, and so then even at the end, after the end of like a, a long editing stretch, it's, and a lot of times if you're doing focused work, like it might, I don't know, like sometimes you're, you kind of lose track of time and like time se- like works out differently. And you're like, oh, that seemed like it was a lot longer, but it was actually just an hour mm, um, right. or something. Yeah. Or, and so like, so sometimes when I feel like really tired of it, I like look at my clock and be like, oh, okay. I'm like, if I compare this to the, um, to bartending hours, it's still way better. And so like psychologically, that's a tool that I use to make that transition. Totally. And it's, that's a, that's a tool that in where like actual data yes. can help inform you on totally what yes. you need to do or what you're working on. It, it's totally. funny how that works is when you can finally see the comparison, like you said, yeah. it, it makes a big difference. It, it, it totally, it's almost like, you know, when you get that pop up on, on iPhone where it's just like your screen time is 2000% yeah. up yeah. and you're like, totally. Oh gosh, I should probably change my habit. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, a little bit of a, so helpful. Yeah, it's a little bit of like pushing you, nudging you the right way. Yeah. So by do, so you said every single session that you work on is tracked differently. It's not just like one block of time. I'm working. It's very correct. Specific? Yep. It's okay. Correct. Yep. It's not like it's it's not like, it's, yeah. It's it's split up by like by session. And so, yep. So when I look when a you know when a, at the end of the week I can look back and see okay I spent. Right four hours working on this and seven hours working on this band, eight hours working on this other band, that kind of thing. That helps a lot too, especially if you're a project-based business, kind of like right mm-hmm. now where each session is essentially a project, right? And you, yeah. and you have a price on that. It, it helps you understand the value of your work once yeah, totally. you like complete that project. Yes. And you could, you know, maybe some sessions take way longer and you're like, oh, okay, I didn't, I didn't quite mm-hmm. make my, my, per, like, I guess you could call it productivity on that. But yeah, other times it might be like, oh, okay, I'm, I, this one turned out really well and it only t- took me this long. Yeah. It, it kind of shows you where your strengths are. Yeah, totally. And it's like, it's such a good, having that data is like what you can go off of to make decisions. And like without that, you're kind of just like guessing based on your feelings, feelings, or your, right? How yeah. you know what maybe like what you ate for dinner wasn't settling with you, and so you feel really irritable, and then you're making a business decision based on your tuna salad instead of based on the actual numbers of like of what the data is saying, you know? Right. Um, yeah, and because that can totally happen to me, where it's like where I'll I'll want to complain of like oh like I'm I quit my bartending job and now I'm doing Dogtown sessions and it's it's just so much work, you know, I'm, I'm a business struggling to get by and I'm doing all, but it's like, no, look at your hours. Like you're doing this for less hours than you were for bartending. You're having more fun, Mm -hmm. quit complaining, you know? Yeah. And and luckily, whether it was on purpose or not, you building Dogtown studio sessions, say in 2019 with all this free work, it, it created a trust within like the artist community that, you know, you are there for to create art with these people, but then implementing a more sustainable kind of business model where you're charging for sessions at a, I would consider a pretty good rate for bands. It, it, it kind of 
pays itself back. I, you know, that investment to- yeah. in oh, 2019. Yeah, the investment of 2019 just, is, yeah. Oh, completely. It set you up for this. Completely. To be able, because yeah. if you say you started from zero. Oh, I wouldn't be any, I would still be like, zero. I'm tracking my time. And it's just like, you got no sessions coming in. Yeah. It's a way different problem. Yeah, it's, it is it is definitely something where you're, you start to, I, I would say like implement that, implement the time tracking thing when you're in the the phase of like, okay, I have the skills. I, I want to refine this to an, to make an art out of the refining of this process, make it very efficient. Um, but don't, don't do the time tracking thing when you're doing, when you're in the like honeymoon phase, you know, when you're like doing it for fun and you're like, figuring yes, I out. love doing this. I love yeah. figuring it out. I love, you know, wasting my time on this, you know, <laughs> because and, then it, it it's just, there's no point to, to doing it because right. you're just doing it for fun. Anyway. Yeah. And, and that's a, that's another easy trap to get into is because like you have this idea of like starting something. I'm going to yeah. start a Dogtown studio session like thing. Yeah. And immediately you're starting to be like, oh, I can do this. I can do that. And you get caught up in the <laughs> the time management and the yeah. all, all the extra stuff. And like, oh, what should I do with social media? What should I do yeah. to monetize? I, I was talking to my brother about this a lot. and And there's this weird balance of trying to figure out how to make it work cuz obviously if if you're trying to make this a lifestyle or or like you want to be able to live off of your craft mm-hmm. there's some factor in in figuring out the business side right yeah, but then totally. if you're lucky enough to be able to also just think of it as a pure creative like passion mm-hmm. it's it's going to pay itself forward like in the future because you invested in your passion rather than like thinking business first. Yeah. I guess. Totally. Yeah. Definitely. Are there any other practical ways that you feel like people can, I mean, we can go with tools or just other things that you're starting to implement. Yeah. Um, hmm. The, yeah, I think that um, kind of like I said before, just like in terms of focus, mm-hmm. like I think that the most valuable like thing that you can do in terms of like efficiency or whatever isn't a certain app that you can download. It isn't a certain um, tool that you can download or whatever. It's just taking a, a really honest self um, audit of like where is my attention going and how how to how do i how do i make more room for focused existence in my life right it's like that it's like that um like that uh that joseph gordon levitt talk that we yep. that we talked about yeah like paying attention versus getting attention mm-hmm. and um how do I make more room in my life for that act of paying attention of when I'm in that flow state of when I'm really, you know, all into a project and that has my, I'm wrapped up in it. And, um, and it's, it's not something that happens overnight. And it's not something that happens, you know, it's not something that you can like take down notes and like say like, Oh, I'm going to just change this. And, uh, this is going to be my new routine. It's, it's something where that, that process is something that, it's more like it's it's more like sweeping your house. You know, you don't just do it once and then it's done. You have to keep doing it, 
and you have to continually kind of have that conversation with yourself um, as circumstances change. And I'm sure that like that, that has been something that for a lot of us artists, it's like, especially now we've had to kind of like live through the beginning of quarantine and have this, I know a lot of people, including myself, have had this kind of thing where it's like, I was so frantic. Like my mind was so like <laughs> frantically jumping from one to the other. Yeah. Like could not stop looking at the news, could not stop yeah. looking at social media. Mm-hmm. And then like kind of now going to this, to this phase of like overwhelmed and also kind of like bored and like at the same time. And it's like how, it's just a weird experience. It's like, how do you, how, how do you understand that? How do you cope with that? And it's kind of something where you can't just sit, sit down and be like, oh, I'm going to fo- cope with it by, you know, making this routine and write down your schedule and that's yeah. going to be my schedule for every day. And, right. you know, some people might be able to write that down and stick to it. And that's great because they're a superhero or something. Mm-hmm. But like for the rest of us, it's like you, you can kind of like set these intentions and then you have to try them out and then see the ways that you don't live up to them and then kind of change based on that, you know? Yeah. And it, you not living up to it isn't, doesn't mean that you're not good enough or that doesn't mean that you're not an artist. Mm-hmm. It like, that is part of the the process of figuring out a, an actual effective workflow. You know, you have to see what doesn't work. And so you can adjust to that, you know? Yeah. Something I'd like to add to this too. And I think it's very similar to your point of, it's very much like that focus base that everybody's trying to work towards. And this might be coming from a different angle, but something to also that something that I think about a lot is that am I taking when it comes to creative and personal life balance, am I actually taking time for my personal life? Because totally, especially right now, the days seem to blend. Right. And is it, are you actually living your personal life or are you too distracted because your mind is half in your work, like worried, yeah, yes. worried about like, am I being creative enough? And then, you know, your actual life is kind of, you know, there's, there's this like archetype of like the, the savant artist who's like a genius, who's mad scientist mm-hmm. in the art world, but mm-hmm. can't get their life together and their life is a mess. And then there's the other one that's like, I don't know. I don't know what I'm trying to say there, but like, like being too scared to do anything and just always dreaming and not doing creative things. Mm -hmm. I think when you can find a place of focus in your work, you can find satisfaction because you know inside that you were focused and you can put it away for the day. And yes. spend time with a friend or spend time that with like a hundred percent. That is such 100%. a good point. Yes. That is such a good point. That is such a good point. Yes. Because it's re- like when when you're when you're able to have that time where you're like, okay, I actually paid attention to my work today. I actually mm-hmm. was in it. I was actually writing that song. I was actually recording that thing. And I, you know, was like all in. And then when I was done, I was done. You know, I yeah. It wasn't this thing where you were half in it the whole time and then then it comes time to like go home or to, you know, take care of your other relationships and then you're you can't be present there and i mean like that's something that i have to deal with a lot too especially now because it's like when you're working from home i think these current circumstances really kind of exacerbate that Mm. because it's like the distinctions between like i'm working on work i'm working on art i'm just relaxing at home those distinctions kind of aren't physically distinct because they're all taking place in your house for a lot of us Mm -hmm. and then um 
and because of that it's it's harder to be like oh i'm i'm present doing this one thing and i can do the other thing when i get to it you know have you have you kind of put any boundaries in place as far as say right now if you're working from home with all of the edits and all the post production that you're doing is there like okay from this time to this time i'm doing dogtown stuff mm-hmm. and then after that i'm i'm robbie yeah totally and it's like a yeah that's definitely something that 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 process of like what those time lines look like mm. is changes for different different kind of like circumstances and like before okay so i'll do like before pandemic and then like after pandemic yeah so like before pandemic it was um like a pretty regular routine of like wake up go um take a shower and then do go work on um editing or like whatever like editing mixing whatever type of video or dog town work for like three hours ish three to four hours before and this is the key before i check and do that before i check any social media or email um that's like strict like i'm not gonna look at social yeah, media you okay. cannot yeah and that was my thing as i realized i could not because my before that i would just you know when i was brushing my teeth like look at social media or check my email while i was making breakfast after my shower or something and i i really like i couldn't i realized that i could not do that i have to i have to do the um the the like focused work first okay and that was a huge that was a huge kind of made a huge difference in my game um to do that and then um yeah and but this has all kind of changed because then pandemic happened and it's like my thing my my stuff was completely thrown off right for you you were getting it a while for a couple yeah yeah yeah, for a couple of weeks. And it was like, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm like checking my email before I go in the shower. I'm all these crazy faux pas. Yeah. <laughs> and um, and it's, yeah, this time is pretty much an exception because it's just like, yeah. The, yeah. the amount of information that I'm taking in on a, on a minute by minute basis is like mind boggling. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and so now it's, um, I, I feel like now, it's almost weird to be like talking about productivity and stuff because sure. it's like for for the last like couple of weeks it was I was like it's tough I was a slob you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah I was like all over the place and I was like trying to edit and stuff and doing it in this really like unproductive really like unsustainable ways where it would be really stressful because I would kind of like procrastinate and then like kind of like have to do things at the last minute and then you're building up resentment for it and it does it's just not fun and it's not productive and you don't do your best work under those circumstances yeah and so it's like and so now i'm over the last like couple weeks really like getting back into a normal thing and it's it's just not easy it's you it, it just takes so much intention it's just you just have to it's not something that just happens right you know and it's like and it's something where it's like i I don't know. I, I wrestled a lot with like feeling like, oh man, I'm a failure. I'm like no good because I have all this time and I'm just used, I'm wasting it all. I have more time than ever yeah. and I'm wasting more time than ever. You know? Yeah. It's like the um, fear of like when this thing is all said and done, what do I have to show for it? And yeah. you're like, maybe it's nothing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I feel like that kind of, that kind of thinking is like, w- was like really like counterproductive for me because I, it would feel like such a huge, 
obligation to, mm-hmm. to have something to show for it or to be like, yeah. to have some good use of your time. Yeah. And that would be almost too intimidating to start on anything, you yeah. know? And what it, what worked for me was having was saying like, okay, I'm gonna do, I'm gonna start getting into a routine for myself, and I'm gonna do like, start it really really easy, at like one and a half hours of work, of like deep focused work per mm-hmm. day, um, like that number that used to be like three to four hours. Okay, now that's just like one to two hours, and it's um, and it was just kind of about like building that habit again and kind of rebuilding that habit from scratch and especially kind of building these habits onto a blank canvas. Now that a lot of us, our days are completely blank canvases. Um, just kind of like rebuilding that from scratch or from blank to a thing and just doing it in a way that's really easy and not overwhelming so that you don't burn yourself out in the first day or the first week. Right. Um, yeah. And it's, and it's it's like that. Um, have you have you heard of this this TED talk by B.J. Fogg about habits and about how um, he he starts by forming. He I think that I this might be him or someone else who wrote this book called Tiny Habits. Um, and the idea is that you, the way you form a habit is by starting it super 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 small. And um, tiny and so habits if you look by B.J. Fogg. Yep. Yeah. Totally. B.J. Mm-hmm. Fogg. Yep. And so, um, so check that out. It's like super, super informative. And so during his TED talk about it, he kind of describes this scenario in which he wanted to form a habit of brushing his, of uh, flossing his teeth. And the way he formed that habit was by starting by flossing one tooth. And then you, you know, before, because it's all about your, like kind of building a routine and getting your, your body used to doing one thing and then another and another. Yeah. And so he would, after he brushed his teeth at night, he would then floss one tooth and then, you know, and then that's it. And then you go on and finish the rest of your nighttime routine. And, um, and he's like, yeah, I did. I floss one tooth for, you know, a certain amount of days. And then I moved it up to two teeth and then up to three teeth. And the idea is that you, you just kind of like hardwire these habits into your body while they're easy. And then, you know, cause if you do one tooth, you're like, okay, I feel like doing more than that. You know, I have the floss out. I might as well do more than that. <laughs> yeah. You know, and it was the same thing with like, with like doing deep work for me um, and like editing and stuff. It's like, I had to kind of start it at like a super easy goal. It's like, I'm going to, I'm going to work for one hour today. Like my, my, that was a, that was a serious, like, t- like a couple of weeks ago, there was a, right. a few days where I was like, okay, my goal for tomorrow is to work for one hour. <laughs> yeah. And it like, you feel like pitiful or like, you feel like a really like lousy person for saying like, yeah, huge aspirations. I'm gonna try to work for one hour tomorrow. Hope I can do it. You know. Yeah. But um, but it's like that's where it starts. You know, and it's like in, it's doing it for one hour is better than doing it for zero hours. And then you like the next day, it's like, oh, well, I'm, I'll do it for one hour. And then you know what? I kind of feel like why stop? I'm just gonna keep doing it for an hour and a half or whatever. And then you kind of do that over and over. And then you sink into these routines where it's like, okay. Now my day has some kind of structure. I'm doing things that I want to be doing instead of being controlled by like whatever has the ability to distract me at any given moment. Yeah, I think I think that's a really good like analogy or or visual to kind of start figuring out workflow because everybody. It's easy to, to say what 
my workflow is or what your workflow is. And I hope that some of the things that we've said so far, someone can go, oh, I might try that. Yeah. Um, but I think the concept of just like the, the slow build within like, I think that will help someone really hone in their workflow because I feel like it, everybody's goal is just like, or you expect it to just be like snap of a finger. Oh, I figured out my workflow. Yeah, it's a lot of yeah. trial and error. It's a lot of, totally. you know, a lot of running half a mile before you can run one mile, running totally. one mile before you can run the marathon type, you know, very yeah. cliche type of training mentality. Yeah. But it yeah, really it's is. different for everyone, like you said. Yeah. Yeah, because I feel like you said something earlier about it's really all about intention. And it really depends on what mode you're in because... If you're on that like grind hustle mode, team no sleep or whatever, and that's where you're mm -hmm. at, like we've been there before yeah. and it's not a bad thing because it's, it's at that point in your life, that's where you're trying to be. Hopefully you can yeah, find a workflow. Yeah, and that's where you're drawing. Yeah, and it's like, and it, yeah, it's like at that point in your life, like that's what, that's what you're drawing inspiration from and that's giving you energy for some, there's a reason why that's giving you energy. And mm -hmm. so like if I was if I was in the the time period of my life where I was really into that kind of like mindset mm -hmm. and someone was like, you, you need to pace yourself <laughs> or whatever. I, w I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have been fired up by, you know, by that kind of insight, you know? Yeah. Um, and it's like, yeah. So different people are, are fired up by different things and that's, that's yeah. cool. You know? It's yeah. Just and figure out what you're fired up by and, and use that to your advantage, you know? Yeah. And like, and this will be kind of my last thing too, is also if you feel like you're not being creative right now or you feel like you're not productive in your work, maybe you can use it as a mode of thinking of new ideas and just kind of sitting on them. Maybe, you know, right now I'm reading more than I usually have. Yeah. And maybe we can talk about this on another podcast because... I started reading this article and I saw a video about it too, about the subconscious and conscious mind okay. and how I have no idea how they, they figured out this statistic, but they say 95% of your brain functions off of the subconscious. Oh, really? And only 5%, the things that you're doing, the things that you're playing, the things that you, you, the song that you say you wrote was actually written subconsciously. Oh, okay. And it was really interesting, and I want to read more into it because it's like when you start, and, and their way of explaining is when you start building habits and it becomes second nature, because when you think of language, right? Mm -hmm. if, if I know, like I'm not trying to think, I'm not processing what word I'm trying to say right now. There's no step in between. I'm just saying it because that's... Yeah, 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 totally. Somewhere in there, there's a subconscious knowledge or wisdom that I'm going to just say words. <laughs> Does that make yeah. sense? But like yeah. if I'm trying to learn a language, there's this step in between where... Where everything has to be conscious. conscious. Yeah, and trying to figure out, okay, to, for me to say this, what I need to yeah. say it this way. But if you practice it and have focus in the practice of learning the language and you keep it becomes that second nature yeah it becomes subconscious yeah totally like that i don't know i totally. didn't explain that very well because i don't know the 
the whole thing very well, but it we'll was do that in another podcast. That'll be sweet. Yeah. What? What? How? How long have we done this for? What? What is the time stamp at? We're at around fifty-two-ish minutes. I think 52. that's pretty good. Okay, th- that's good. Let's um for speaking of like of uh, workflows mm-hmm. and like and how to like you know sand down the rough spots and make things efficient so that they can keep happening sustainably. Um, I think that we should. I wanted to ask you this question. Okay. And um. I wanted to just talk about it just as a logistical thing to talk about, but I think we should talk about it on the podcast. Okay. Because this is like an actual like real life example. Okay. Is that, um, okay. So when we, for Dogtown sessions, we, uh, for Dogtown studio, we, we kind of like stopped doing the podcast for a while because we're, we're focusing on other, um, we're focusing on other things with like the, the fundraiser at the end of 2019 and then transitioning into a business, um, a different business model beginning of 2020 and um, and so our focus needed to be on other things, and so we we're kind of like, okay, podcast is going to be for a second for a bit, um, and but now we're trying to like bring it back in, and we're trying to and to do to bring anything in and to do it sustainably, you have to have it like super streamlined, at least you know in my mind, like if you're if it take there's these little things that take work that will keep you from doing it, and for me with the podcast, that is the the. Instagram story post mm-hmm. of oh yeah that that announces oh, yeah. that we have a podcast <laughs> yeah do you know what I mean yeah and it's like it doesn't seem like a big thing it's like right. oh it's just that you like spend an hour recording this podcast it doesn't seem like it'd be a big deal to spend five minutes making a little you know ten second video mm-hmm. um, to post on the story but that's that's the thing that has kind of like kept me from from doing from doing this or from having more from making the podcast a more sustainable thing is that one little seemingly seemingly very little like bump yeah why do you think we don't have video oh my gosh can you imagine the work the added oh yeah the added exactly exponential work to add video yeah (laughs) yeah and it's just not that's yeah that's not worth it right now we like yeah so when (laughs) when tito and i were starting the podcast that was a a discussion we had like oh should it be a video podcast because we're video studio like no that cannot (laughs) happen that will kill this podcast yeah. after like two episodes yeah. because, you know, you think it's fun and then you edit it and it's like the amount, even just to, to, to like import and export to do that for video would be so, so much too hard. Yeah. You know? Until you um, have like a fixed studio that's just like plug and play. Yeah. Then, yeah. yeah, totally. And so, and so for the podcast system, the okay. thing in the podcast system that needs refining, the squeaky wheel in the podcast system is... How do we do? How do we replace the pod stories that we have had up to this point? Because up to this point, it's been like a, a little ten-second vertical video that I edit on my computer uh-huh. that kind of like talks about what the podcast is about, and then um, and then we'll upload that. That I'll export that off of my computer, put it on my phone, and then upload that mm-hmm. the day that the podcast is like released or whatever. Yeah. Um, but I think we need a better, easier way of doing it that it eliminates that that step because that step is the that step yeah. is the the hurdle that is. So you're asking me what we happening. think. What like, What do you think? Yeah, I have kind I, of an idea. And then what do you think? If we're trying to keep it efficient and mm-hmm. still effective, I I don't mind because you know when you share um, the link on Spotify on your stories, it comes up with like your actual page. Like with your um, logo, the Dogtown Podcast logo on on Instagram Stories, and then it has okay. the play on Spotify, and then we put the arrow up there. Yeah, yeah. 
I mean, we can do it that way and just have a, a simple caption of what we talked about. That's beautiful. That's it. That's awesome. I mean, That's great. Could yeah. we kind of do that already? <laughs> yeah. You know, why make a whole let's just video? Do that. And th- yeah, let's just do that. And then it's just like, and so then, and then th- this is the kind of thing where if you upload it, we had this, this, this um, problem where if you upload it from your phone, then you're able to upload it and it says play on Spotify. But if we do it from mine, it doesn't have that op- option. Yeah. Was that it? it I or think was it's it like, if you do it from your personal account, you can let it say play on Spotify. But if you do it from the Dogtown account, it, that's not available. Or yeah. Something. Or it was something about like the length or something like that too. It may, it, it's different for di- different accounts for some reason um, yeah. or different phones. I, I don't know. Um, but, but yeah, I think that either way, like if we just have like a a simple thing like that where it's like the logo and like that that link where they can click to be redirected to it. Yeah. And then so like the logo, the the link to be redirected and then the, like a caption of like like one sentence of like yeah. what this is about or like less than a, like a half of a sentence about like what this is about. Yeah, because I think it's still I think the other thing that you should figure out within your workflow is understanding what you do exactly. Cause the podcast is fun for us. You and I yeah. like to talk about creativity yeah, and totally. things about it, but we're not a podcast. Like this isn't like, yeah, that's not our main thing. This isn't the yeah. thing, you know, and until yeah. we get to a point maybe where it's like, oh, we're breaking up sections of the podcast so we can post it as different clips. You know, like you can get to the granular different ways that you could create content within a one whole podcast. It's just, that's not us right now. We're on this mode of just like, let's get, let's record something because it's fun. We like it. And Mm -hmm. hopefully other people can get something out of it. And then when we put it up, it's the same effect of, you know, if you read the sentence or the caption that describe what we're talking about, if you're interested in it, you're going to click. But yeah. if not, then yeah, it's totally. not a big deal to me. <laughs> like, yeah, I get and it. If There's you're not interested in podcasts. that subject, you're, yeah. If you're not interested in that subject, you're not going to click on it if yeah. it's like a, a enticing video or if it's a boring video yeah. or if it's just a text and no video at all. It's like, yeah. and so, and so in that, that can be a really good like rationale of saying like, I'm let's just make it simpler. And just like not not do the extra work of like editing a video for the story, just put it on the Instagram story, put that story on the highlight, and then that's it. You Done. Know? I like yeah. it. Cool. I like that a lot too. And then maybe like if you know maybe if it gets really crazy and we interview like Bill Murray or something, mm-hmm. then we can put a picture of Bill Murray's face in the story post. Oh yeah, and then. Yeah, it's easily customizable. Bill Murray pulled that out. <laughs> yeah, wasn't it? Da- was it Dave Grohl? Was our was our guy? Yeah, yeah Dave Grohl would be a lot more relevant, probably. Yeah. but I don't know where Bill Murray came from. I just, I think he just has a very <laughs> iconic face. Yeah, and so when I pictured a, a, a Instagram story with you know that talks about uh, our our podcast, and then it has a picture of somebody that were who was the subject of our interview or whatever. I just pictured his face because his face is so iconic. I think. Oh man, if if we just had a story, and it's Bill Murray's face, yeah, people was, would that, know we did yeah. it. It happened. Yeah, totally. That yeah, and that's it. Just no, yeah, no description. Nothing. Yeah, no, no, yeah. no caption. Hey, we made it even easier. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. It's easy. It's a it's a win win. Look at yeah, that. Win, yeah, workflow guys. Win and like Bill Murray status win. Yep. 
I like it. Yeah. Any um well, any final words? I think I think that was pretty good. I was happy yeah, with that. Totally. That I think that's good. I, I hope we what... I hope we gave some ideas on how to how to figure out workflow and yeah, maybe totally. at least just share our version of our workflows and my frantic yeah, workflow totally. and all that. Yeah, and if you're and if you're an artist at home right now thinking like, oh, like in the idea of like a workflow just fills you with this like guilt of like my workflow is shit, like I'm yeah. terrible, yeah. like I've been wasting so much time. Like you're not alone. Just like that's everybody's like, workflow take, is shit. like ev- yeah. everybody is like that. Like you're not alone. It's all right. Um, you know, it can it can change, and yeah, I hope it changes. Yeah. And your focus, your focus isn't something where it's like you're a focused person or you're not a focused person. It's like a muscle. You know, it's like you yeah. you can work out and get more muscular like you can w- work and be intentional about your focus and get more become a more focused person. Yeah. You can change that. And it's it's not impossible to change. And just because you've if you might have been very unfocused up till now in the quarantine and waste a lot doesn't mean that the rest of your quarantine has to be the same. Like, yeah, you can change and it's um, totally possible. Yeah. Awesome. Well, guys, thanks for listening to the Dogtown podcast. Um, We'll catch you on the next one. Yeah. Have a good one. Peace.